Good morning, and good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 25th day of July, 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We're in the chapter, Working with Others. We are on page 99. We are going to be starting with the second paragraph, If There Be Divorce or Separation. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Miriam, 12 Traditions, Renata, Karen M., Rebecca F., Sharon R.S., and Katie G. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 24th day of July, is 6689, 6689. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Miriam to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Monica. This is Miriam, a compulsive overeater calling from Israel. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood it. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our own. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when you were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thoughtful prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. As we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this step, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice this principle in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Miriam. And I will now ask Renata to please read the 12 traditions for us. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Renata, uh, Recovered Compulsive Rate in New York. Twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group but never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 
Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, her public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your shares to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book, we're in the chapter, Working with Others. We are on page 99. We are on paragraph 2, if there be divorce or separation. And I will ask Karen M. to please start reading. And again, reminder, please, everyone, stay muted unless you are the one speaking. Thank you. Yes, Monica, good morning. This is Karen M. Um, if there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. Oh, the wife. The wife should be sure of his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit around, all around. Sometimes it is to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Um, In my situation, um, when I came to recovery, uh, my husband came to meetings with me. He wanted to understand this new way of life. And I think he understood it better than I did. It took me time to understand it because he was objective. He could look outside of me and see things that I would be in denial about. And so in the early days, I would have times of not wanting to go back to meetings. Someone would hurt my feelings, and he would remind me of what it was doing for me. And and so... He he just had a he had a good understanding of it, and but the thing is, even if I have a husband who has no desire to understand, I can still fully recover because it's on it's my responsibility, and I can live happy, joyous, and free regardless of anyone. And so I, I love the freedom in this program that it's not based on does someone else understand me. It's it's based on how I am going to take responsibility for my own self. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Yes, Bella. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful paragraph, and it brings me again to understand what is this program all about. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Yes, thank God 
the program helped me to change my attitude and to have a new attitude. What means a new attitude? To remember the first step. Uh, I am powerless. I am powerless over the food. I am powerless over my husband. I am powerless over other people's behavior. I am not in control. And it brings me again the to work and to be aware of my character defect. I am not God. I am not uh, the one that has control. I am not, um, I cannot uh, tell or force people to believe and to act and to behave exactly like me. I am connected now to God. I am connected now to the power of acceptance. I am connected now to the power of respect and love, not judge and blame. I am not responsible of other people's behavior, and I am responsible of myself only. I am not responsible of the outcomes. I am responsible of my own self, and it again reminds me, his program is day by day. And I will say what I love, what I hear here in this program, it's all about one day at a time. And sometimes it's one minute at a time. It's, it's re take responsibilities of my own self 24-7. When I know that I am here to give over God's message and not my own message. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Star one, Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Yes, and good morning to you, Monica, and everyone. My name is Janice from Massachusetts. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. What I, what I see in this paragraph is some very good suggestions. In other words, if you're in this situation, you know, when you're in the process of divorce or, or separation, which they know because they've had experience, you know, I, I guess that, you know, we think that, gee, um, you know, I, I have to get back to my husband or I have to get back to my wife first. And they're not saying that. They're saying that um, there's no rule to be laid down, but concentrate. Concentrate on recovery first. That's first. Just like it says, job or no job, wife or no wife, we can recover no matter what. You know, we, we, we have to be careful not to get back if we're separated too quick. You know, um, you know, concentrate. We must concentrate on our recovery first, no matter what. And, you know, when our frame of mind is different, you know, we can trust God by letting go and making it happen. It's going to happen when it's going to happen. And I think that's what this whole paragraph is guiding the the sponsor, you know, to um, support the sponsee that, no, you don't have to get back and you don't have to do that right now. Let's concentrate on these steps. Let's concentrate on the spiritual obligation that you have and the spiritual um, obligation that I have as a sponsor to guide you. Um, because, um, you know, the answer is recovery first. That's why this program grew. It, it didn't grow because families got together first. It grew because recovery was first. They got recovery. They had a spiritual awakening. And then, if it's God's will, they will get together again. Okay, and that with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Rabia? Rabia, go ahead. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here this morning. I'm Rabia, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I... Uh, and I, I I love that this big book is the solution to all of my life situations and problems and 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 
And once again, another day in this reading, I'm thinking about my relationship with my OA meetings and and the last and yesterday talked directly to that. I learned so much, and so um, it's as I've shared before, I've I've been in OA for decades, um, uh, in and out, uh, and um, so I go to three face-to-face meetings a week. And I'm blessed to have three face-to-face meetings a week to go to. I know that. Um, However, I'm newly recovered, and now I have the solution. (laughs) So, um, so I I I I need to pray. You know, I I don't want to think that I need to separate myself from OA because I'm learning how to um, mostly be gentle and quiet and, and just speak of my own experience. Um, I did have a little flare up this week cause I was horrified by things that were being shared in the meeting. And I know I came from a place of reaction and I learned so much about all of that, that I need to, when I'm that fired up, not to say anything to, to remember, and we have these beautiful traditions also, to remember the second tradition. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as God may express himself in our group conscience. And and I need to know that God God is in my family, God is in my meetings. Um, in the 11-step prayer, I pray every morning to for inspiration, and then I, I relax, I take it easy, we don't struggle, and then I ask God, what would you have me be? Uh, some, I don't have to say anything. I can, I'm going to a knowing meeting this morning, and I'm so happy I, I get to practice this intentionally. And, um, and, and this paragraph says, a new attitude and spirit all around, and it must be on a better basis because the old relationship wasn't working because I I can't go in there and and start firing off all my passion and my solution. And I can just be quiet. I can just walk in there. God is so there everywhere. And and I can just be. I mean, I could just sit there and be today. I don't even need to say anything. I really need to, to believe and know that God is all around and, um, so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rabia. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. This Katie, is Katie G., F. go ahead. And then Katie F. Go ahead, Katie G. <laughs> Good morning, Monica. Katie G., compulsive overeater, recovered Boston, Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't married when I, um, when I was in the rooms, although, you know, I had had intimate relations with someone who was um, still legally married, and immediately as that happened, I was like, where's my ring, buddy? Forget the fact that that person was still uh, legally married, um, and to me, that just speaks of alcoholism, right? Because I get stuck at the I'm looking for human powers to fix me, and this is, um, to me, this paragraph is such a wonderful way to shape our life, right? First of all, a new attitude and spirit. What is that spirit? So I've done the first, um, you know, nine steps. I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. What is my spirit today? Patience, kindliness, tolerance, love. I've moved from a place of self-centered. So you do what you, what I want so I can feel better about me to a detached, like, okay, God, how can I be a service? And surrendering, like, um, one of the prayers that I have as I'm dating is, God, I'm neurotic in this area of my life. I surrender this relationship to you. Help me learn my lessons, whatever they are, and get off of the criticizing and condemning and look at the way I'm living my life and blah, blah, you know, like the, the way I do it because I'm constantly thinking about me, myself, and I unless I'm living on the spiritual path. And I love, too, it says no rule can be laid down. There's not some hard and fast rule like, we need, I need to continue my program day by day. And in the issue, in the area of sex relations, that's one of the, I think, three areas in, the, in these first um, chapters that are t- teaching us how to work the steps, in which it guarantees us 
that if we that if we are not sorry and and change our way of living, we are sure to use again. So I'm very very careful a day at a time. What happens? What are my priorities as I'm living in relationship? And in this paragraph, we're talking about this attitude and spirit. And for me, it's living in relationship with the opposite sex. So. Am I, am I using them? Am I trying to get inappropriate attention? Am I, you know, talking with someone at yoga and then just trusting that, you know, my boyfriend is not being faithful to me? Well, if I want someone to be faithful, I have to be faithful. Um, you know, and for me, it's been a wonderful opportunity to learn how to, um, you know, demonstrate this program in all areas of my life and, and what relationships are about. That it's, you know, first of all, I need to see into myself. Intimacy means into me I see, and I did that in the fourth and fifth and understood and understand the core makeup of my illness and through this continued process, thank you, God, of 10, 11, and 12, I get shown where my selfishness gets, you know, unchecked. And the thing is, if I, if I do not check it and I do not get back to God, then eating is going to be a step up from how I feel about myself. So this continues to be life and death. And I love how it says um, it will be apparent to both parties living together. And um, I just think that that sort of like, God, you decide. Like, I am going to be of service today, and whatever you want, I'm okay with it. Like, not that he needs me, for, he needs me to give him permission, but I need to hear myself say, you know what, God, my opinion doesn't matter anymore. I am not in management anymore. You show up because the promise on page 100 is the things I place in God's hands are better than I can imagine. And that is true across the board for me. So I am just so grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater, to have a solution today, to not be face down in the food, and to be able to learn the graduate work of relating to others. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. And now, Katie F., you're up. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I, too, was not married when I um, finally got recovery. And, but once I got to step 12 and I got to this point, I was, it was about this time um, you know, of year. You know, I was about nine months abstinent, ten months abstinent, and I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Where's the guy? Where's the you know, where's the stuff? Where's the, um, you know, I'm ready now. And so I still, you know, wanted to run the show. And I had to learn, um, you know, that 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 wasn't the way it was going to be. And uh, so I just want to focus on uh, this line that says, let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. And of course, I'm married now almost 20 years, and my husband was nowhere around, you know, 26 years ago when I was standing in uh, Northern Virginia thinking, I'm ready, where's the guy? So I had to, I had to uh, wait another uh, five years before I met him, actually almost six. And you know, when I heard that, someone said to me, you know, you're going to change so much in these next, you know, five years of recovery, you probably shouldn't meet anyone. I just hated her. I hated her for saying that to me. But I also, at that point, was surrendered to this process, and I did not go back to my old way of living, of manipulating, and I did learn a lot, and I became a whole person. Um you know, and some people are already married. They already have children. And God can do the same thing for you in your relationship. And, you know, it's just such a time and it continues to be, um, you know, my pressing into my higher power. That's what this is about. You know, working with others, um, making things right in our household is about pressing into God because our way, uh, even abstinence, is not always the best thing. And I have to continually um, trust God and to work my program day by day and more is constantly revealed. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. And let's move on to the next paragraph. And Rebecca F., could you read for us, please? 
Good morning. This is Rebecca F. from Connecticut, a recovered compulsive overeater. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. And I'd like to share um, this paragraph. Um, It might be a little redundant, but of course it reminds me too of on page 98, uh, Job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. And um, the and so. They're driving home the point that um, we have to get off this notion that um, we have to depend on others for us to be well, that God is the one who can make us well when we seek him and are willing to do what he would have us be and do. And uh, the other thing I noticed is that in the prior paragraph and then in this paragraph, they use the word let the alcoholic and let no alcoholic. And I think it's interesting they chose those that word twice, the word let, rather than tell your alcoholic what to do or this is the way it's going to be. You just let your sponsee do what God would have him do or her do. And um, it's a more... It's just a gentler um, approach to being with the sponsee, and I feel that that's jumped off the page to me because sometimes I'm gangbusters and it gets me into trouble. And so I'm going to heed this and start letting my sponsees um, have this program wash over them in um maybe a little more gentler manner than I have in some cases. And um, lastly, I just want to mention that um, these two paragraphs are speaking about my relationship with my husband in that um, he got um, sober in another fellowship and um, we were divorced. And I remember hearing a long time ago, don't do anything drastic for a year. And a year to the date of my husband's sobriety, uh, God put us in a situation where um, he revealed to us that uh, we were meant to be back together, but first he had to recover. And um, now, fast forward to all this time later when I discovered that I had an addiction and he put up with it for all these years, and I was running roughshod through his life. And um, now that I'm recovered, God has given us such a gift of such a beautiful relationship. Uh, He seems to have removed my character defects when it comes to the way I treat my husband. And uh, we're both benefiting so much from it. We're we're truly in love now and uh, can be what God would have us be with each other. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Larry. <laughs> I heard one voice. Okay, I heard Larry. Who else? Sarah. Berta. Larry, Sarah, Berta. Was there another one? Renata. Okay, Larry, you're up. Renata. All right. Larry, you're up. Go ahead. Good morning, Monica. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. 
Uh, thanks for your service, Monica. So, um, yeah, I love this paragraph, boy. Um, you know, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. You know, this just isn't so. In some cases, uh, the wife will never come back. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. Boy, oh boy. You know, in working with others, you know, we realize that we have undergone a profound alteration. You know, I, I know I've undergone a profound alteration in my reaction to life. So who better suited to speak to these issues than any of us, you know, about, about the family or any other situation than us? And, and, you know, by working these steps, you know, I've tapped a, a, an inner resource. You know, perhaps it, it wasn't completely understood at, at first, yet I've come to see more clearly that it was truly a conception of a power greater than, than ourselves, than myself. And this state of God consciousness convinced me through personal experience that I could recover regardless of any situation. Um, many times the prospect gets a case of the butts, you know, but, but, but I'm going through a divorce, Larry, but, but Larry, my family's crazy. My, my son's on drugs. I, I, you know, but I'm 500 pounds. You know, if you were 500 pounds, you, you know, how would you, how would you respond to this? But my husband won't support me. He's sabotaging me. But my fear, Larry, it's too intense. But, but, but. Now, do I have empathy for for those people? Of course I do. I have love and compassion in my heart. Of course. I was the king of the buts. But before undergoing transformation, I will drown kicking the life preserver away. You know, but the storm is too intense for me to, to reach out to God's extended hand. You know, I'll, I'll trust this, this power. I'll, I'll only trust this power when conditions are optimal. You know what? You know conditions will never be optimal. You're dying, I might say, with love and compassion in my heart. You know, you're dying. This is, there, there is no perfect time. This is the perfect time to allow your life to be saved. You know, the, the, uh, so when I, when I read this, you know, that it's not dependent on someone else. It's dependent upon his relationship with God. Yes, I've seen men and women get well whose families have not returned, whose child doesn't get off of drugs, you know, who, who started at, a, at a, what we call lower bottom. They were a gutter compulsive overeater. They're 500 pounds or more or less, doesn't matter. They, but they have intense fear but I've seen them get better. See, I got better. Am I special? Nope. Don't you believe it. We're all unique in our our own way, but don't you dare believe it. I I got here on a losing streak. Willingness came, had to come from me. The time wasn't optimal for me to get better. There is no optimal time to get better. The time is now. Quit kicking the life preserver away, Larry. And when I grabbed for God's hand, you know, um, I was pulled in and rescued. I just had to allow myself to be rescued. It's pretty simple. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Otherwise, I'd be dead. And I, I'm just, uh, now how am I going to use my life? I'm going to use it to, to try to carry this message to the best of my ability and recognize I'm only, you know, uh, you know just a conduit. It's all God's handiwork. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Sarah, you're up. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Sarah W., grateful recovered compulsive reader from Iowa. And, um, you know, I was just thinking to myself back um, on page 62, I made this decision, um, you know, uh, that that I'm going to turn my will and my life over to my higher powers care. And, you know, I think this is kind of more direction in that sense. Uh, as the sponsor, you know, we are not in charge of someone else's life, their recovery, their choices. Um, um, as was stated, um, you know, we are the vessel through which hopefully we're allowing ourselves to be used by 
God to help another person walk through these beautiful steps. But, um, you know, I don't want to take responsibility for somebody else's choice. You know, that's between them and their God. And I think uh, the big book is pretty clear about being very cautious with these, um, uh, with working with other people and not making decisions for other people. Um, And the other thought I have is that, you know, my whole, uh, what I've seen is that, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, we addicts, you know, we want what we want when we want it, and we want it yesterday, not today, not tomorrow. Uh, you know, we can't delay gratification. Um, you know, those are those are my issues, and those are the addicts that I work with issues. And, um, you know, we're not people that are extremely patient. If we are very patient, it's because most of the time we have so much perfectionism that we procrastinate. But uh, the reality is that, um, you know, we want to make it happen, make things happen, make things go our way. And if we're really um, starting to feel that spiritual sense of God coming into us after we admit our powerlessness when it comes to our, uh, uh, our addictive substance or our addictive behavior, um, you know, we have to turn things over to that uh, Uh, you know, come to, I've got to come to the place where I start to believe that God is going to take me to where I need to be and that I'm not running the show anymore. And that's hopefully what the sponsee is starting to realize. And, and, um, you know, I've been through divorce and recovery and I've been through marriage and recovery. And I've been in a recovered marriage. Um, And... um, you know, today, God forbid, if something was to happen to my husband, would that mean that my higher power wasn't working? No. Uh, it would be very hard, and I would be very, uh, I would go through a grieving process, but we don't know where God's going to bring us. And I think the best of sponsors that I've had have always brought me back to my dependency needs to be on my relationship with my higher power, not on them, and not on a man, and not on a parent and not on a child and uh, so I'm very grateful for that and um, you know I can't get anybody sober can't even get myself sober or abstinent so I have to keep going back to that wonderful magnificent power and that that is what will offer me solace and serenity and peace and with that I'll pass thank you thank you Sarah Berta you're up Good morning, Monica. This is Berta, recovered in Illinois. Um, uh, This paragraph, uh, some of these areas about families and these kind of things, I didn't really go through this very well when I was first in this program because I was working the program on abstinence and the tools and going to meetings. So... um, I I did have a relationship that ended, you know, and why not at 500 pounds, you know. uh, My partner didn't want to be a caretaker, and I was isolating. And so it says here that sometimes uh, to have the the partner come back too soon, uh, that's not always a good idea either. And six months into my abstinence, that's what happened. And at the time that at the time the separation ended, I didn't have a sponsor, but I was abstinent, and at that time that was everything to me. And so this is what I wanted, and I thought that was my reward. And so it was too soon. And then, as it turned out, it was not to be at all. Okay, the uh, the marriage never did resume. But not only was it too soon, but when it didn't work out, I relapsed, totally relapsed. And then when I did come back, then I actually read the book and I did follow the solution as was written in the in the book, in the 12 steps. And so that it was a whole different experience because, you know, in the other paragraph it talked about the new attitude. And a new attitude is a new way of thinking and behaving, you know, and so when now that I have a new way of thinking and behaving, things are going to be a lot different. And and I, you know, I wouldn't have made that decision had I had that kind of recovery at that time. So, uh, and I have to have a new attitude 
in order to move through life. Even if I don't have a partner at this time, I still have to move through life and have relationships with people and ha- and not have my recovery dependent on those people because when I'm in the food, it alters my perception of reality. And now that I'm not in the food, now my perception of reality is much, much better and I can depend on God to guide me through and make the right decisions in my life. Thank you for allowing me to share. I'll pass. Thank you, Berta. Renata, you're up. Thank you, Monica. Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Renata, Recovered Compulsive Veda in New York. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. And this made me think about if my recovery is dependent on my relationship with God. So how is my relationship with God? You know, uh, is my relationship with God today still like it used to be in the past? You know, selfish, controlling, dishonest. You know, am I still trying to tell God what to do? Or am I giving up myself and honestly trying to, you know, align my will with God's will and find out what God wants from me today? Um, My sponsor called my attention the other day that in my prayers I was still trying to tell God what to do, still trying to control God. And... I had an honest heart. I didn't realize that. But, you know, after she showed me that, I was quick to change my attitude because I I do not want to tell God what to do. Um, Today I have this, you know, clear channel with God. And uh, all I have to do is show up, put in time, and uh, like, you know, with any other relationship, like give of myself and dedicate the time and, you know, have an open and honest heart and um, just wait for God to show me what his will for me is. Um, In my personal relationships, uh, like I have a relationship with someone right now that is not the greatest all the time. I still have a lot of doubts and it's gets rocky at times and that that doesn't matter that does not affect my recovery you know the more the rockier it gets the more I go to God the more I focus on my relationship with God because that keeps me centered and keeps me in recovery and if I don't have this recovery and I don't have this relationship with God all my relationships all personal relationships will be like they used to be in the past, based on self-will and selfishness and self-pity and fear, and nothing good comes out of that. Uh, So thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Renata. And this is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater here. And, well, we're seeing, again, remind the... Pro- and I had this underlined, highlighted, starred, remind the prospect, and that, that me too, remind myself that my recovery is not dependent upon people or money or things or relationships. It's dependent upon my relationship with God. You know, that's the bottom line that we hear in this book. It's God, it's God, it's God. And it, and all my experience has been is you know this is a process too this relationship with God. When I first came through the the steps, you know I had a uh, a little a little a little relationship there. Um, but now looking back over my shoulder, it's just becoming more and more to me every day. Monica, turn everything over with God, because I am totally powerless, but He has got all the power. And when I do it, it works. It's so wonderful. So let's move on to the next paragraph, and we're going to read these promises of the 12th step here. And Sharon R.S., could you read for us, please? Yes, thank you, Monica, and good morning to uh, you dear visionaries on the line this morning. This is Sharon R.S. 
Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. Both you and the new man the, the, must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. For me, the pivotal word in, this, in that sentence is must. This tells us that this is a point that's critical for our recovery when, when we hear the word must and, and it's, not, uh, it's not used lightly. And it implies that in this, um, it gives us no way out. This is a critical point when it says must. So this is something we must do, uh, walk in spiritual progress day by day. Uh, this sentence implies that, uh, applies both to us and the newcomer. It's, it's no matter how long you've been in this program, we still must walk day by day in spiritual progress. There's always something new, always something to learn. We stay in the moment, not in yesterday, not in regrets, remorse, or morbid reflection. Staying in the moment, um, not in the future, in worry. We stay in this day and with our, our effort on our spiritual progress. Our, our, for me, being able to stay in the moment requires a connection with my higher power. On uh, in the twelve and twelve, it talks about um, uh, on page ninety-eight. It talks about prayer, meditation, and self-examination as an unshakable foundation for life. I was so afraid of everything in my life, but by working this program, I can find an unshakable foundation. It says that. Um, when we living living day by day in spiritual progress, that's what the twelve steps is about. Living by the twelve steps is is living in spiritual progress. When we actually do uh, and live by them, uh, and one of the but um, going back to the on page ninety eight, the twelve and twelve says talks about prayer, meditation, and self-examination as that uh, foundation for living. And uh, for our spiritual growth, that's what we need to do. We need to stay. The self-examination keeps us clean, keeps us able to tap into our higher power. Prayer keeps us connected throughout the day. And meditation uh, uh, makes it very personal for us. It helps us to get guidance directly from God. It, it, it uh, builds that relationship so that when we go through our day, we can stay connected uh, with all of the distractions of life around us. So that unshakable foundation for life, prayer, meditation, spiritual uh, uh, prayer, meditation, and self-examination, keeping, uh, keeping uh, connected. And with that, it says that we will get comfort and assurance. See, I sought comfort, ease and comfort through food, but when we live this spiritual life uh, of working the, the steps, when we live this spiritual life, of working the steps, we get comfort and assurance. We get what we sought from food when we stay in this in the in the day. And it takes faith to stay in the day because we have to trust that we're going to be taken care of. And 
prayer, meditation, and self-examination gives us the ability to stand in the day and not retreat into illusion and retreat into the the past or uh, get too overwhelmed by what's going to happen in the future sometime. So um, this is how we stay in God's hands and and, uh, one moment at a time, day by day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Sharon? Larissa? Um, Leia? I heard Lorna, I heard Larissa, I heard Leia, and there was someone before all of those. Kim? Kim? Okay, Lorna, Larissa, Leia, and Kim. And we're running short on time, so everybody please keep it short so I, we can get to everybody. Go ahead, I'll Lorna. Pass. I'll pass, no, I'll pass, Monica. Don't worry about me. You know what, guys? I'll go, I'll go for a minute. This is Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm just, I love this so much. Okay, three parts of the book. This is the most beautiful promise, people on the line. Gosh, our recovery is dependent upon our relationship with God. Page 98. We can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition that you trust in God and clean house. And then on page 55, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was much effect as we were. We found the great reality Deep down within us, the most beautiful promise, God is inside all of you. You know, it's in your heart. You can get well as long as you are a human being. You can get recovered as long as you clean house and just listen to those who are recovered and are trying to help you. Okay, thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Larissa, you're up. Our one to unmute, Larissa. Okay, Leah, go ahead, and if Larissa comes, we'll get back to her. Leah, go ahead. Can you hear me? Hello? I can. Hi. Is sorry, this Larissa? Yeah, I had left the line unmuted, but I guess go I ahead. Again. Go ahead. Hi there, family. My name go is ahead. Larissa. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in New York. I always love the references in the big book to. Um, the, our willingness to grow along spiritual lines, and there's so many of them. And in how it works, in the um, right after the steps are read, it says, you know, what in order I can't go through with it. And it very clearly tells us that we, there is no perfection here, that our job in recovery is a willingness to grow along spiritual lines. It's the most important thing we can do every single day is that desire to grow our relationship with the God of our understanding because that ultimately it's, you know, I would say I don't do hard work in recovery. I do the work of, create, of connecting to God, and he gets to do the heavy lifting. Later in that same chapter and how it works, it says, but for the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual life. So over and over and over again, we are taught that this is our job in recovery. It's the only thing we need to get right every day, and we need to look every single day. How am I willing to grow my spiritual life today? What am I doing to enhance that connection to God's my understanding? Because my innate hardwiring does not serve me, God, or man. It is effective. It creates self-destruction and neediness and all sorts of unhealthy ways of living. And it gave me the need to turn to shoving food into me as my coping mechanism for life not going away. And when I maintain and grow my spiritual life, food is nothing more and nothing less than food. It has no call. It has no power. That is a miracle. So I am willing to do anything to grow that relationship. I study the wisdom of the ages. I'm quick to see where religious people are right. I make use of what they offer. I revisited the God of my childhood. I have new versions of God, and I'm constantly willing to grow that relationship with my spirit so that God does for me what I cannot do for myself. Thank you so much for letting me share with that all past. 
Thank you, Larissa. And Leah, you're up. Thank you so Shall much, Melanie. You, Leah? Go ahead, Leah. Thank you, Mel. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming, you know, most people on the line have had some deep ache at some point in their life. Um, I know I have uh, as I trudge this road. You know, there have been um, instances where the circumstances <laughs> were not exactly uh, what I would like them to be, um, but, you know, I always had to remind myself that external conditions were never never a remedy for someone like me who has an internal condition. So it says follow the dictates of a higher power, meaning I need to follow his directions. The quality of my consciousness is going to determine my future. So when there were difficulties on um, the horizon in my life, you know, whether it was a cancer diagnosis for my husband or little babies uh, that were born four months early or any of those kind of things that I thought I could only have emotional stability if it had a particular and a specific result. Um, You know, that was not going to be the case. I had to really uh, press in to these steps and it says when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have com- could have planned. And indeed, that was the case. Because whatever I direct my life towards, that's what, what will run my life. If I'm going to direct my life towards uh, people in my life behaving and acting a certain way, um, then that is what is going to drive me. But what if I direct my life towards or be dominated by uh, how I can uh, be of service to God. What what role do you want me to play today, God? What invitation do you have for me today? Um, that enables my thinking to be brought to a more ev- you know elevated level because you know. I always have to remember I had a rough time living. I didn't have a rough time compulsively overeating. I did that very well. Thank you very much. I had a rough time living. I need a roadmap in order to live because my life is going to be determined by how I think. And so who's going to determine how I think? Well, what if I align myself to these uh, principles? And what if I try to be in harmony with God? And what if I try to be in harmony with God's universe? And what if I try to align myself with uh, the way he operates the world? And what if I remind myself that he's my employer and I'm just the employee? If I remind myself of those things, if I persist, if I persevere, if I endure, if I continue to trudge this road, and nobody can travel my road for me. This is my program of recovery. Other people may or may not understand it. Other people may or may not appreciate it. The important part is, do I understand that this is the life I need to live? Do I understand who and what I am? Do I understand that when I work with a sponsee that we are trudging this particular road, this particular message, not my message, not my opinion, not my own personal philosophy, that we are persisting and trudging along this road? You know, I I love that word trudge. You know, we read it every day when we close up this meeting and we say, uh, you know, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Trudge is a march. It is a heavy walk, but it is a very determined, specific walk. It may be a narrow path, but there is a specific path lined out for me. And that's exactly uh, the way we trudge, with perseverance, with persistence, following the dictates of a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And just one little comment here. And those who have gone before us have, have lanterns, and they're lighting this path for us. So we're not alone. Thank you. We've come to the end of our meeting here. So thank you to everyone who has shared 
We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Katie G., can you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Sure, Ken, Monica, can you hear me? I sure can. Great. Katie G., recovered, compulsive overeater, and our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Katie.